from the team at CTS, this is the Time Crunch Cyclist Podcast, our show dedicated to answering your training questions and providing actionable advice to help you improve your performance, even if you're strapped for time. I'm your host, Coach Adam Pulford, and I'm one of the over 50 professional coaches who make up the team at CTS. In each episode, I draw on our team's collective knowledge, other coaches, and experts in the field to provide you with the practical ways to get the most out of your training and ultimately become the best cyclist that you can be. Now, on to our show. Welcome back, Time Crunch fans. I'm alongside my guest and fellow CTS coach, Jason Siegel, again to talk to you about the best fueling strategies for gravel versus road racing. To recap quickly from our part one of gravel versus road training, we discussed how the duration and intensity play some really key roles in determining training strategies for the events, along with how really best to train and prepare for uh, each discipline itself. These aspects also play key roles in fueling strategies for the event. So today we're going to focus exclusively on the nutrition and hydration components for gravel versus road. And that is going to help you perform better and have way more fun at every event. So Jason to kind of set the stage for this episode. I often tell my athletes, no matter how good or bad their training was leading up to the event. Their greatest success on race day, especially for the longer event, is going to lie in their fueling strategy. Would you agree with that or am I off my rocker? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I even even go as far as saying, you know, our goal on race day is to prevent underperforming, if if you will, because if you do it wrong, it's more you're going to underperform because of it. So we're trying to limit how much underperforming happens by doing a good job on the nutrition side. I'm going to write that down and steal it from you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, totally agree with that. Um, That's a really good angle on that. And, you know, all that being said, you know, we talk so much about training and intervals and FTP and all that crap. We, and I haven't had a ton of episodes on like nutrition training, but like a huge aspect here is that the gut is trainable. And so we should talk about how to train the gut. Well, I mean, just like anything, like uh, for the gut, it's more training its tolerance. Can you yeah. eat the volume of food that you want or does it upset your stomach? So if we're talking training, we're trying to get to where you can eat more without your stomach getting upset at, at, upset at you and then it hurting your performance. Um, you know, I guess basic place to start is like how much should we be eating to begin with? Mm-hmm. Um, I generally kind of probably start out with just a calorie goal for for most people. And it, and it's not at the extreme of what the body's capable, but I'll say somewhere about 250 calories is sort of a, a benchmark where I say, Hey, this is going to be our starting goal uh, of per hour calories or... per hour. Okay. Yeah. Per hour. Um, and I generally, I generally try to, I, I would say I do that probably across all workouts, even, even easy days, just because it's such a process to get it to be habitual because for most people they eat way less than that. And so it's just a big ask to get them to start doing that and doing it well. So I just like, Hey, we're not going to let you get to, we're not going to choose so much. We're just going to try to do this all the time. Cause ideally I want them to get to where just as automatic they do it and they don't have to think about it. Um, 
And, you know, that's probably the biggest part of nutrition is just getting that where it's just common to be feeding themselves continuously throughout their rides. Yeah. You know, and when it comes to like hydration, which is kind of that, that sister to the new on the nutrition side, you know, it's for a lot of people that are brand new to this, there's, there's a bit of figuring out what their needs are because they're going to change dramatically based on the, the environment, the temperature that they're in, you know, whether it's humid, not humid. Um, and then the intensity that they're riding, they're riding at, and those two sort of act as multipliers. So, you know, if it's hot and you're riding hard, your sweat rate is going to be a lot higher than if it's cold and you're riding hard. So we try to, we try to suss that out over time to, to understand their needs for different conditions and basically use every training as sort of an experiment if possible to sort of understand that, um, to, to help them with their, with their event performance. Cause like, like we've said to start, like you may be the fittest person ever, but unless your race is really short, like under an hour, if you, if you do a poor job, your nutrition, it's going to hurt your performance in the race to, to the point where you don't ride to anywhere close to your capacity. Yeah, exactly. Cause the, the longer you go, the more that's going to play a huge role. Um, and I also like what you said here. I mean, you kept it pretty basic as a starting point of 250 calories per hour. And then for the hydration, dial in your needs. And I think for all of our listeners here, rather than getting into very specifics and kind of like religious guidelines that you never change, that's, that's, that's not what we want. What our goal here today is to help equip you so that you can, like Jason said, kind of use every training experience as a, as a bit of a experiment to see what works best for you and go from there. So we'll start with what we know that works, um, say, you know, in a laboratory setting, but also in the real world, and then you take and run with it. So to double click on a bit of what you said there, Jason, so 250 calories per hour, um, yeah. is that coming from primarily carbohydrate or are we just eating a smorgasbord of all the things? I mean, ideally it would be as carbohydrate dense as possible. You know, protein and fat are, they're not our enemy, but they're not really a fuel source that our body really wants to use to, to, you know, put out Watts and to, to, they're not, they're not, they're, they're only getting used if we don't have the right fuel available, but they also make it harder for us to digest everything that we're digesting at the time. Yep. So they're making it harder for us to get the fuel we want. So I try to, I try to aim at having someone limit what that is. Um, but I mean, like if you had a cliff bar or something like that, it is going to have a little bit of everything. And that doesn't mean cliff bar is terrible. It just means that it, it, you're going to use it maybe in different situations and you might use some other stuff. Exactly. Exactly. And so when we also think about 250 calories per hour, uh, one gram of car carbohydrate has about four calories, right? So we're really yeah. talking about yeah. 60 grams of carbohydrate. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. And then do you tell your athletes to eat their calories or eat and drink their calories or just drink their calories? I, I would, I kind of, I kind of say it like this, the, the, there's not like a wrong way to get your calories, but there's an intensity that sort of dictates what your what your options are. Like before, if we're doing VO2 intervals or you're the you're doing a VO2 effort within a race or something like that, you're probably not taking in fuel, but if you are trying, it's probably only going to be liquid, right? So if your race is, 
you know, let's let's just say like a criterium, you're probably not eating a cliff bar in a criterium because there's never a point where it's easy enough to do it. Um, so that's dictating your choice. So you know, if we think about if gravel, too, by the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or you might end up with it in your lung and then you yeah. probably take yourself out of the race because of it or something. So I, I, I like to say you're, we're going to base your, you're going to base your nutrition choices on the likelihood of the intensity you're going to be riding at. So, you know, in, in some road races, you can look at the course and go, well, likely it's going to be steady or easier. Maybe I can eat some, you know, there's going to be a lull in the action. So maybe I can have some solid food here or there. And so you can maybe plan that in. There's other races where you're like, likely it's just going to be on the whole time and eating a, a bar isn't really a good choice. We're going to look for more liquid or semi-liquid options for, for fueling. Um, you know, when we look at gravel, um, because the pace generally speaking is one that we can do all day that kind of gives us the availability to choose um what we prefer and it doesn't matter as much of whether it's in the drink or if it's solid um you know then really i'm the key is hey can we get the calories we're after and do you will you keep eating it um is kind of where i end up with with it Yep. I totally agree with that. And, and, uh, you know, the harder it is, more liquid stuff we go, the longer, less intense it is, the more other stuff we eat. I'd say with, you know, any off-road event, and this could be, you know, gravel racing as well as, you know, what's pretty popular right now, like 50 mile mountain bike races too, they all start super hard. So mm-hmm. we're also not saying eat the cliff bar in the first hour of these, uh, dirt events. Um, you know, we're hitting sport drink, we're hitting liquid nutrition, and I'm going to encourage people to, you know, drink early, drink often, even though it's within that first hour. Um, because the less you deplete, the more you put in earlier, the less you deplete over the long run. And the yeah, more, I, I always say be. you don't want to get behind, right? Like right. If we don't get behind. That's, that's our, one of our biggest hurdles. And to that point, like on the the fast start in in some of these off-road races, that also means like you're in a bunch and it's scary to take your hands off the bar and do too much that way. So you're like considering sort of the the terrain and what your people you're racing against, like how that's going to limit your choices too. Um, So that's an aspect to consider. I mean, if I'm talking just pure racing, I sometimes, you know, like just talk the idea of like, if you're eating a bar, have you cut it up into smaller pieces? Do you have the wrapper open already? Anything you can do to make it so you're spending less time trying to deal with it. Yeah, um, sure. So dumbing that down makes a big difference um, too. But yeah, a lot of times the beginning is just so chaotic. Thinking you're going to eat your normal, going to eat a bar just doesn't work out because you're afraid to take your hands off the the handlebar. Exactly. And before we get into like some of those like like nuanced and specific stuff, I'm, I'm going to go kind of like double click on the hydration aspect because sure. there's, there's liquid calories in there. There's also electrolytes. And this is probably going to be one of the more wide ranging aspects that we can dial in because like you said, uh, hydration in 60 degrees, very different than 96 degrees. So what kind of ballpark guidelines would you give to our audience from a electrolyte standpoint? Um, and is that coming primarily through drink or are you taking salt pills or jacking yourself on pickle juice or, or what? You know, when it comes to, if we're going to talk to like electrolytes, generally it's maybe, I mean, the main one is sodium. 
the other electrolytes I'm, aren't a huge concern. And even sodium, I mean, with the, the way research has continued to go, maybe is less of a concern than, than we once would have thought. So, I mean, replacing some, I think, is, is useful because it just seems that we absorb the food we're taking in a little bit easier if there is some sodium attached. But does it have to be crazy? Probably not. Um, you know, so for me, I'm probably st- I'm focusing less on that because if they're doing the other sports nutrition stuff, it generally is having enough sodium that uh, it's not coming up. But generally, 200 to 600 milligrams an hour, somewhere in that range, is sufficient. Um, and and the research is tending to agree that that isn't making a huge difference on the outcome for someone's race performance or even training performance. Yeah, I agree. I I would say to that point, don't overlook it, but we used to say uh, more is better. So don't worry about the upper end, but I'd say, um, I mean, if you're trying to consume 1.5 grams of sodium per hour, that's, that's a little too much. There's just like the saltiness, (laughs) there's the flavor itself and you'll have some GI issue if it's dependent on the sodium type. So, um, and I mean, as your calorie needs increase too, that becomes more challenging. Like yeah. how many different things you're trying to put through your gut start to limit it. So that comes into play potentially. Exactly. But that 200 to 600, I think that's really good. And if you read all the, some of the latest stuff, especially from like uh, Oscar's, you can Roop and things, you know, they're focused primarily on carbohydrate intake. So, yeah. but don't overlook electrolytes. Yeah. And, and I mean, in terms of where you're getting it, most people, if you're drinking a sports drink, that's yeah. going to be your primary source. You probably don't have to really worry about looking elsewhere for it then. Um, most drinks have close to that amount, just in a 20 ounces of fluid. Um, you know, in most cases, that's probably where we're starting, saying, say, somewhere around a, a bottle an hour. Um, you know, in really hot conditions, you may need quite a bit more. Um, in cold conditions, you may need less. But again, that's where you use your regular training to kind of suss that out. Um, ahead of time. Um, I guess I'll speak just a little bit on that. You know, the easiest way for for me with, with the athletes I work with is you just do a pre-weight and a post-weight and we, we're looking at the difference. Um, you know, their weight. Body, body pre, weight is what you're saying. Yeah, body weight before and after. And there used to sort of get talked about like, hey, there's like, you don't want to lose more than this percent because your performance is going to decrease. And I I don't really speak to it that way anymore. I kind of speak to it and it like how easy it's going to be ready for your next training session. So if we minimize the deficit, like we have less to overcome in terms of recovery, like that recovery process becomes a little bit more manageable. Um, When it comes to the longer races, I mean, there's a degree of which if we get too dehydrated, it's going to compound and we're going to overheat and our core temperature is going to be a limiter and what we can do. So um, but it gets pretty nuanced on the longer stuff and wh- how you might look at some of that. But generally speaking, I'm like, Hey, if we can minimize it to less than two pounds of weight loss, then, then I know we're doing a generally, we're doing a pretty good job. And then to be ready for the next thing we're doing, isn't going to take days. We can solve that within an afternoon and evening and be ready for the next day. Um, and we just don't want to over drink like you can over drink too. So you're gaining weight we're drinking too much want to want to avoid that too yep yep yeah those are good um actionable things to take away for sure 
let's 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 get into some of the the racing and training like how we actually do this and what fuel sure. choices are out there um so during a race like we'll remain brand neutral on this podcast but give some examples out there that your athletes are using that you can use during let's just take a gravel race for example but like a high intensity part of it so like the first hour and then yeah. like later on like what kind of stuff are we aiming for Right now, kind of the most popular for the higher intensity stuff are these higher calorie drinks, uh, Martens, Drink Mix, uh, SIS has one called Beta Fuel, uh, Scratch has like one they call Super Fuel. And really the goal is they get you, is uh, you know, maximizing what your stomach can handle and have it in a form that's easy to, for your, your gut to deal with too. Um, so you can get it all in essentially a, one bottle of any of those drinks per hour gets you close to what your stomach can deal with. And since it's in a drink, it's easy to, it's easy to get it down and, you know, into the system and getting it to the muscles. Then, Yeah, exactly. So have you been using with your athletes, like the higher calorie sport drinks? Yeah, I find those to, they're tending to to work pretty well. Maybe there's a mix of where you maybe even make like a a super strong bottle. So they go between that and water depending on, depending on the hydration needs. So, you know, some of these really long races that are super hot, you just need so much fluid that you have to have some, you need plain fluid. Otherwise you, you take in way too many calories. Uh, so you're, you're kind of doing that. I mean, the biggest thing is like having a good game plan and planning out, Hey, this is my needs. These are the, the conditions that I'm having to con- to contend with and how to, what's the best approach? How can I, how can I meet the needs? Um, and sometimes, you know, that's, I like, I like the drink and that makes it easier. Then there's others where I don't like the taste of it. So I'd rather eat something. And so you just have to figure out that balance where you're still getting the calories you need and the hydration you need to go with it. Having the good game plan, like you said, in the gut is trainable. Like, I'll keep on pulling on these threads because every training session is an experimental session for your gut as well. And every Mm -hmm. time that the environmental conditions change, you get feedback from your body of did this work or did this not. And, and then additionally, if we're doing our training, right, we're doing long training and stuff. You'll also get feedback from like your taste buds from your gut of like what you want when, so besides like a super high carb drink mix, like what's some of the food stuff that your athletes or you're using on like late in the game? So I'll preface this with one thing that, and you kind of mentioned it is like your taste buds. So as, as the day, as day goes longer, you kind of get a little more sensitive to sweetness. So like something that's maybe mild in the beginning starts to be almost too much later on. So that may come into your food choice or so some of like the really high calorie drinks might just be off-putting because you're like, oh, that's way too sweet anymore. So you might go to something that's a little more savory or just, you know, not not just pure sugar kind of thing. So it's either maybe going to like a bar or rice bar sort of thing. Um, I, I have a lot of people that like the chews too, just because the dose, you can make the dose so much smaller. And if the dose is small enough, then it's not overpowering. And that just means you do it maybe a little more frequently. Um, but there tends to be a transition from like the really, 
the really sugary things people just don't want later on because they've just they've either just had too many calories at that point because it's been a long day or they're they don't like the taste of the sweetness anymore yeah i mean it's like um an emotional palate or palate fatigue right uh my mm-hmm. quick hack is if you're doing a long ride you stop into a gas station my go-to is uh cheese it's especially like spicy cheeses just like brings me back also like a <laughs> pickle juice or like a spicy pickle do that in a red bowl and be flying um so you know we'll keep on talking about some examples here as we get this going um we mentioned stopping and starting or so, sorry stopping and not stopping when it comes to gravel and road racing sure. And those are some pretty big aspects when it comes to fueling and how you carry things and how you're going to plan to get your fuel throughout. So can you talk about like, uh, I don't know, just that the whole aspect of, you know, gravel training, gravel racing, and the fact that you actually get to stop, reload uh, the, the bike, the pockets, where you carry it. And then maybe if you don't, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess the first place to start is deciding... It, you know, if you're going to stop, you got to figure out like, what are your choices there? Cause it might not be all the stuff that you would start with, you know, the special nutrition, like throw back to unbound. You're in the middle of Kansas at a, at a seven, you know, if you stopped at some, a Casey's or whatever in the middle of nowhere, they might not have, you know, your scratch drink or whatever else you're going to have to maybe have tried out some of those other things. So you you may be just practicing eating some regular food, see what of those you can tolerate. Uh, and that's where the gas station, you know, comes wildly uh, into good use is because you, you roll up and you got to make your best decision on what your body's telling you. Uh, but also like, don't get super emotional. Don't go for like three hot dogs that have been cooking there all day. It's not, it's not going to be an, a good outcome. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, probably the biggest thing is just being being smarter on the dose. Yeah. So yeah, 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 exactly. But the the the, usually those stops tend to lead to someone just throwing a whole bunch in, and then then it kind of comes back to bite them. So it's like, hey, that that stuff can work and be fine, but be careful of the dose. So for sure, pace it out. Yep, pace it out, and and that comes too with like the experience. But I guess my point is like, if you're doing a half a hot dog or a half a bag of cheese it's and some Red Bull or something like that. You put that in, in the first time you're maybe like, Ooh, well, I don't know if that was a good choice, but the second time you do, it's like, Oh yeah, that's a great choice. And then all of a <laughs> sudden you realize that your, your gut can really handle anything as long as it's not like super new or a super high dose of something. And that's really right. important for when you're, you know, riding or racing for 12 freaking hours. Yeah. I mean, I think the, You know, the other thing to be thinking about kind of on that same front is just how much of that stuff you're planning to carry. So, like, do you want to have is is that a last resort or is that something you're planning into your strategy so you don't have to carry as much? Um, So coming up with your plan on how you're going to attack it, because, you know, there's plenty of people that will just carry enough to get to the first stop and just. That way they don't have to carry much. And then there's the other, you know, sort of boat where you carry all your stuff. So you never have to stop ever. You have everything to, to, and there's pluses and minuses to both. I mean, the, the most immediate to me is if you don't stop, then you don't, you don't, you don't lose any time 
where you're not moving, right? So if you're always moving forward, then you're covering ground. But at the same time, um, that maybe isn't the best strategy if everybody else is stopping and then you have to go do all the work on your own. Maybe you're now working harder than you would have if you had waited. So there's a there's a bit of weighing of options uh, on that front as well. But yeah. that that becomes that it's becoming more and more on the gravel side, like uh, a big decision. I mean, you'll see at Unbound the kind of talk of like the aid stations now is like a NASCAR pit where you're just trying to get in and get out pretty efficiently and fast. Where before someone might hang out for two or three minutes and it wasn't a big deal. So there's a, there's a bit of a shift in the tactics that are, you know, being employed. And I'd say for anybody on this podcast listening though, like stop, I, my go-to is like stop, but don't hang out for the five, 10 minutes. It's like stop, be really efficient with what you do and communicate. Like if you're in a group, communicate with them because they probably want to stop as well, but it's going to be advantageous. Like Jason said, it's like, if you just blow through and they stop, well, now you're just solo and you're not working together and you're not efficient and all this kind of stuff. But if you all stop together, bottles, bottles, okay, grab a Coke, handful of that, boom and go. That's a really good strategy. And I, so I'd encourage, you know, if you're doing these gravel races and events, like be talking about there, form some friends, form an alliance. Um, and that's gonna be really good. I'd say to, to, to that point though, Jason, like you won't have your special super secret high carb, whatever out there on course, but right. you can carry it. Um, in fact, like, you know, the gravel bikes are coming more equipped with, uh, places to stash stuff. You got cargo, uh, pockets happening on our bib shorts sure. these days too. Like, um, are you utilizing these pockets and storage things more readily with gravel racers or what are you doing there yeah yeah mainly because it seems to be easier to get to them and like so that increases the likelihood that you use and keep up with your nutrition so as much as side pockets like on bibs seem silly it's in most cases it's easier to get something out of that than it is to get it out of your back pocket on your jersey same thing you know you have a top tube bag a lot of people find that just so much easier to use that it's like, hey, like the nutrition only helps us if we can get it, if we can eat it, right? So yep. anything that goes to improve that, you know, the ability for you to keep up, that that's, you know, that's really the name of the game. So I've, I find those, those sort of things to be surprisingly useful. I mean, I, I never would have thought it was this, that it would be so easy to use, but to have like a fork mounted water bottle. I'd never tried it and I did a backpack bike packing trip and I was like blown away. Like for some, that's maybe a really excellent option. It's almost easier than some, you know, sometimes when the bottles in the, on the down tube, really, really close down to the crank, that can be a hard reach. And the one, you know, the one on a, on the fork is like, you don't even bend over. So anything you can do to sort of simplify that, I think is useful. Wildly agree. And you know, you might have some roadie friends that are poo-pooing your cargo, uh, pant pocket or the water bottle cage down there. But like, let's face it. Like I've also seen people late in a road race or late in a gravel race and they're trying to reach around into their pocket and they're getting like shoulder cramps because, like, oh my gosh, you know, so. And they just give up and don't eat. Right. <laughs> or they ask their friends like, can you reach into my pocket? You know? And so like, Hey, get, 
you know, get an open mind. Like, like we're getting creative out there with where to put stuff on the bike. It doesn't always have to be, you know, right there in the back, you roadies, um, not to. Yeah. There's, there's this bit of tradition and what's like, you know, the Euro or the cool way to look. Right, and right. some of that's, I mean, top two bags or bottle in the rear pocket are being shown to be more aero. So it's kind of throwing some, a wrench into some, you know, old school thought mentality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love it. And I'll, you know, I'll read the memes all day and crack jokes myself, but, uh, the reality is, is of having a good successful day out there. Yeah. Start to use some of these new concepts that are being really, you know, um, evolved out of the gravel racing. I think it's great. Uh, boy, man, we, you know, we covered a lot on today's episode and, you know, we started with some generalities, uh, with the nutrition and hydration considerations. I, I like that you did it that way. I like the starting point of 250 calories uh, per hour or around 60 grams of carbohydrate kind of in summary, I would say for, you know, athletes to start there, learn what works for them. We talked about some hydration, um, with the electrolytes being added in, but like what are some of the, before we summarize, but like what would be the higher end of the grams of carbohydrate intake or the calories that people could kind of shoot for, or kind of stay within and dare I say, uh, ounces of hydration, if we gave them guidelines. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so for grams of carbohydrate, I'd say somewhere around 90 is kind of on the top end. You may see that the, maybe there is some, some people that will gravitate even a little bit north of that in terms of grams per hour. Um, so 90 is a, if you can get to 90, I would say you're doing a good job. Hydration, if it's hot, you might be getting to where you're 50 ounces an hour mm -hmm. to keep up. Um, maybe more if it's like really high intensity, which just becomes challenging because how do you get that? How do you carry it? Right. Um, so those would be kind of like the high end, you know, the hydration side you can test. So you hopefully go and do rides and figure out what those needs look like. The calorie is going to be what, what I do with athletes is I will pick if we're going to try to get the stomach to get better at it, we'll pick their biggest, longest ride of the week and make maybe it's just one of the days. Maybe it's both. And we'll go, OK, we're we're good at 60 this week we're going to do 65. And if we get, if we do a 65 and there's zero problems, you don't feel any worse. You feel totally good. Then maybe the next week we'll do another five. If we get to a point where you're like, eh, I felt kind of queasy. Maybe we'll spend a couple of weeks there. We'll just stepwise build, um, towards that 90. If possible, I'll even, if we get to 90, maybe try to go a little bit above and then come back down to 90 for your race if possible. Yeah. And as you described that, and when I was, drafting up some of this outline too. I was like, man, training the gut is a lot like just training the human, right? It's, it's a progressive mm -hmm. overload sort of approach that we go with where we start somewhere, we build up to a point where it might be a little too much and then we dial it back and then find that happy, that happy place where we go and race. So, you know, let that sink in for everybody. And, and also take Jason's advice of every training session is a bit of an experimental, um, learning opportunity to see what works with your gut. Start with that two fifty per hour. Um, start with the ounces that he recommended. Don't forget the electrolytes, but like do this in training so that it's not new on race day. And I think with that too, you'll find that, Hey, this, this package is really hard to open. So I'm going to 
open that up and put it in my little top two bag before I get out there. Right. And I'm going to use my cargo pockets because coach Jason said it was pretty rad, even though the roadies make fun of me. <laughs> Jason. It gets hard. If you're a roadie going over to gravel, you got, you, oh, it's, it's hard to get past some of those things, but, uh, yeah. you're a gravel rider first, then you'll see all that at the start line and there's less of a barrier. <laughs> yeah, you ain't be caring at that point. So, uh, yeah. Anything you want to add to those summary points, Jason? No, I mean, I think the biggest thing is you got to experiment. So yeah. there's some, there's a, there's kind of a good place to start, but like everyone's stomach is a little bit different. What you like is going to be very individual. Just, you know, realize, Hey, what we're trying to do is get mostly carbohydrate and, you know, ideally dose it out. So it's not all at once. Small doses are tend to be easier, both of hydration and of the calories and, experiment and record what your experiment is. Don't just don't take notes on your rides. Cause if you want to look back and you two months down the road, you're not going to remember that you had, you know, one bottle of scratch and two Snickers bars and three uh, pretzels. Like you just won't remember. So keep track of it so that you can use it in the future. Yeah. Those, those are wide wise words and keeping track of that in training peaks is both helpful for you and your coach, you know, cause I, I even have some athletes who like the Saturday long ride happens. We talk on Monday. I'm like, so what'd you, what'd you take in? It's like, um, four bottles. Right. What, what did I do? Yeah. It, we have short memories on this crazy. stuff. We think we could remember it, but we just don't. <laughs> yeah. So having that log is, is, uh, is wildly important, but the experimental aspect is really what we want to bring home to you guys today. So start with the recommendations that we gave Jason, thank you again for being on the podcast. Once again, I learned a lot in this episode and I hope our audience did too. If, if they, uh, if they want to see more of Jason or reach out to you, what's the best method to, uh, have audience members reach out through CTS. You could just jsegal at trainright.com. Otherwise you probably find me with Jason Siegel on most social um, yep. platforms. It's just first and last name. And, uh, I personally That's like following way. Jason on TikTok. His dance videos are crazy good. So, uh, you can just kidding. Jason, Jason, Jason likes riding bikes, not, not, not doing dance videos, but, but yeah, check him out folks. And, uh, we'll put his contact information in the show notes. He's great for coach consultation, uh, nutrition consultation, road, gravel, really anything with two wheels this this guy is this guy can help you out so jason thanks again for being on the time crunch cyclist podcast and for our audience thank you for listening thanks rating and review us yeah thanks jason thanks for joining us on the time crunch cyclist podcast we hope you enjoyed the show if you want even more actionable training advice head over to trainright.com backslash newsletter and subscribe to our free weekly publication each week, you'll get in-depth training content that goes beyond what we cover here on the podcast that'll help you take your training to the next level. That's all for now. Until next time, train hard, train smart, train right.